This episode is sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence Network Legacy Scale-Up Program, which is a one-on-one consulting program that will provide you accountability, strategy, and customization for your unique business needs. We all desire to scale our business without the overwhelm. Let's face it, we don't want to scale our businesses anymore in a chaotic environment. This program is tailor-made so you never feel like you're ever falling behind again. To find out more on how to work with us, go to www.jasminehaley.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Haley. And for this episode, we are interviewing Teresa Beretta. And she is the CEO and founder of Looplink. And Looplink is a purpose-driven pursuit to help creative CEOs, consultants, and agency owners reclaim their focus, freedom, and flexibility. Its founder, which is Teresa, and she's on our show today, is an operations coach sultant. <laughs> I love it. And client experience extraordinaire based in Canada. Her knack for all things left brain, including organizing, strategizing, and systematizing, make her an ideal fit for her right-branded creative CEO clients. If you're ready to close the loops in your business operations and begin expanding with excellence, Teresa and her team are the right fit for you. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait for this conversation, honey. Okay? Yes, absolutely. Oh, because systems save my life. <laughs> I, you know what? You would not believe me if I say that I have heard that so many times, so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a hot mess, okay? I was a clinician going and, and that and was an educator, that I had to have some semblance of organization, right? Mm -hmm. To teach in a, in a college setting or teach in any setting really. But when I had, I didn't know what I was doing when I had my business. And when I finally understood systems, it was like, I have to incorporate this for my coaching clients, but this is all you do. So I know you about to drop some hot fire today. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I surely hope so. All right. So please, you know, I always love diving into the leaders and entrepreneurs that we have here, their journey. So tell us what led you into doing what you do right now. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for allowing me to share that. And it might be a little bit lengthy, but I hope I don't lose you along the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. So my systems journey or my operations journey actually started at a very young age. Um, ever since I was like little, I growing through different um, opportunities in serving um, in the missionary uh, field. Um, I was a young scouts, uh, scouts Canada leader. Um, and even from those early days, you know, I would I would dare to even say when I was like eight or nine years old, um, just being able to lead little children, I've always had a knack to be able to see um, things on how to become a little bit more efficient, yet not sacrificing the quality of it at all. And so as I continue to grow, um, that skill set just naturally grew along the way. And I fully stepped into um, you know, the operations field at the age of 18, when my parents opened up their own Vietnamese um, noodle shop, uh, noodle restaurant. Wow. Yes. And so, you know, at that young age, I was kind of like, you know, I don't know if school is for me. And so I took some time to kind of, um, you know, uh, get some hands on experience first. And through managing the restaurant, um, I got to tell you, if you have um, not been a restaurant owner, um, it is definitely a different field out there. You have a lot of different things that gets tossed at you. And I don't think I've ever gone into this level before um, in any conversation. But when we first opened the restaurant, we were smack down in the uh, main uh, central line of um, of Calgary, Alberta, um, in, in the um, downtown district. And so we had a lot of like professionals who kept looking down at our restaurant, waiting for our restaurant to be opened. And so when we finally opened, we were blown away at how many people were standing at the door just to try our food. And wow. I got to tell you, it was a hot mess. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many orders went wrong that day and how like just disorganized the whole um, team was, the whole front of uh, staff, front of house was, and the back of house was. And so after doing that for about a month, finally, I was talking to my parents. I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just let me let me have a go at this? Um, you know, I've been to a lot of great restaurants where it was all about like the experience, the dining experience. And so I think I can add some value to this. So that was my first bout about uh, being able to systematize a business. And I brought in a lot of wow. processes and a lot of like, this is how we do things around here and um, really formatting the training program on how to really train servers. Um, and we got, uh, we turned around our operations within three months. And at that point in time, we were able to handle three lunch turnovers that started from 11 and ended around 2.30. And so we became more profitable. We became much more happier. Um, our clients became way more happier and they were coming back two or three times a week um, just to, you know, um, eat at our restaurant, but also be able to experience um, the, the, the dining uh, effect, right? They were taking their own clients um, or suppliers to the restaurant. And so after that, that was when I was really hooked. That was when I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to school. And so that kind of just uh, catapulted me down my diverse um, field. And every single position I took after that, um, I just was able to um, bring in an element of efficiency of systems into any of those organizations as I continued to grow and uh, be really open to learning. Um, and so that kind of 
took me on a 10-year journey before I, um, you know, landed where I am now, uh, which is, uh, you know, doing this for other businesses, but as a coach consultant to help them grow their own systems as well. So what made you take that big leap to just say, I want to do this um, full time? I want to do this for other people. Yes, actually. Um, so this isn't my first time taking this leap, actually. After I had moved on from my parents' restaurant, um, they actually encouraged me to branch out um, outside of the the family business. And so when I did, um, I actually landed a job with a home-based business um, at that time. And they actually were like, well, we really don't hire employees, we hire contractors. And so that was really my first blush at being a business consultant. And I think I was about 20, 21 years old at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And again, I was able to really uh, bring in a lot of different business systems at that point in time. This was before CRMs were a thing. And so mm-hmm. I had developed a access database that what that functioned like a CRM for them. And it helped them grow their own business from 70 clients to 350 clients. And that's where it really just, um, you know, showed me that that was my shiny calling. Um, And before I started my business back in 2016, I was actually in the corporate uh, field for about five to seven years before that. And um, again, you know, like I was working in the system side of the business, bringing in workflows and really optimizing their operations. But what really brought me back to where I am now today is because I had recognized that I needed a purpose. Whenever I do anything, I needed to be able to um, be purpose-driven. And working for a corporate, in the good times, it was great. But when we hit our recession at that period of time in 2015, um, you know, the organization was starting to lay off people and treating the employees as a number. If you're not performing, you're going to be, you know, exited. And that was when I you know, found that I struggled with finding my motivation and passion to be able to work for such a big entity. And so that was when I, you know, withdrew within and was like, what does Teresa want to do? What makes Teresa happy? And I looked back in my career path and I was like, you know, my happiest moments was when I was working for small business owners, because one, we were able to take quick, um, make quick decisions. And two, the impact was so, so deep. Um, and it was felt in so many different levels. And so that was what really brought me back to, um, you know, creating Loop Link and, um, you know, having that mission to be able to help other businesses systematize. You know, I knew that you were really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like just hearing your story makes me want to, I don't know. I'm going to be a forever loyal fan. I'll tell you that much, okay? We <laughs> hope I don't disappoint you. <laughs> oh, man. It's incredible. And you know what? I think there's some value in, in you sharing that because there's some of us that um, need to understand that you can have talents and you can have things that you are organically really good at, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't have purpose, mm-hmm. it's not going to last. Exactly. You know? Yes. And that's where you have to really like do a deep dive on like, what do you really want and what kind of impact do you want 
to make. And, and, and if you are feeling burnt out or overwhelmed or even feeling unhappy, sometimes it's because you're not truly living in that purpose. Exactly. And you can be that way even in business. So that's why I pivoted, you know, like a crazy person. I know I've seemed crazy to pivot the way I did and into a new industry, but I know that my purpose is higher than where I was currently serving. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's powerful when I hear of other women having the courage to to do that. Mm-hmm. So more power to you. Yes. Amen. 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 I love that. Thank you. It was definitely not an easy decision. Absolutely at all. No, it's never, it never is. Mm -hmm. That's why it takes a measure of bravery. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. so I, you know, listeners, we're about to snatch your edges now because now we're turning it on to you. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Get ready to have all of these edges completely snatched Um, because what I have found, whether I have clients that are at the beginning stages of their business or whether they are making already 10 K plus months and more, I've had clients from all different ranges. One thing fails true for each single one of them. They had no idea how to systematize and strategically work in a way that was more efficient Mm-hmm. So they were not completely overwhelmed. And it's hard to do that when you're in the day-to-day. Yes. And you don't have someone coming in. So I we need to start with sharing some of your information. And of course, y'all, if you're not a part of the SOP Success Lab, we need to stop playing <laughs> and join it. Because getting the support or seeing how it's done or, you know, not reinventing the wheel and let someone take their expertise to show you makes a difference. I've printed out some of the um, forms that you have because I just couldn't figure out how to map it out. So how, how should someone that is a business owner that knows they need to get their life together, how can they start with systems? What, what is your recommendation with that? Yes, yes, great question, Jasmine. And I think the in in the um, diverse arena that we're in, um, and especially with online businesses, um, you know, the best thing to do is actually to start with what you've been so familiar with every single day that you've been doing every single day, right? Start with those most repeatable tasks that you can just execute without even thinking about it. Because when it's that close to you, then you know that that's something that you can impart and train easily with someone else as well. So whether it's, for example, shooting out an invoice um, or how to uh, connect or uh, generate a lead, for example, Right, but start with the functions that you have been the most familiar with. Um, and because we're in a different um, era of how to run businesses with so many options, um, so many angles of distractions, the best thing that you need to be able to do in order to get started is start with intention. So what that means is when you take a look at your day, your week, or even your month, really block off one day and call it whatever you want, but I usually say it's a CEO day where you sit down and you just plan. Plan out where the gaps are in your business, 
or what most of your time is actually being sucked up with, right? It's very easy for us to feel overwhelmed. It's very easy to say that like, you know, a blink of an eye and our day is gone. What did we do? Sometimes it just starts with the basic time audit. Where is your time being spent in the most? Um, you know, what is, t- is distracting you along those ways? And then you can start building out a plan of what your uh, processes should look like or needs to be. Mm. Just to kind of, uh, of summarize that, you start with a plan on what systems or which areas you need to focus on first like that. I like that a lot. Um, and so I love hearing it from yourself as an expert. Cause I'm like, okay, at least I'm teaching my clients what they should be doing, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I use Asana to, to, um, organize my business, but I know that with some of my big, hairy, audacious goals that I have, what's the next level for me? The system I have now isn't going to manage and hold me as I continue moving forward yes, to these other, other levels. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get that. And in fact, I probably am going to send you my blogs to have you check and make sure like it's right. (laughs) Especially if I'm um, referencing your success lab, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, you should go there and I'm teaching the wrong thing, but yeah, it's, it's really, it is simple really to start. And that's what I did. And I noticed the difference When I did like, okay, for instance, one of the first things I did was like how to upload a blog. Yes. And I wrote that step by step. I even wrote out like the sequence of how we go from the point of inviting a guest to the podcast to recording it to um, when the recording is edited and we send them out an email. I wrote that out step by step and each thing that I felt like, okay, now I have to explain how to use the software. I created an Loom video. Yes. And it made such a huge difference. Now me being a business four and a half years onboarding a new team compared to when I first started and I hired someone and they were like, what, what do I do? You know? Yeah. And then of- I was upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was upset, overwhelmed and saying, Oh, well then, but no, it was my mm-hmm. job as CEO to have to train them. Yes. Appropriately. Yes, that's right. And you know, the beautiful thing about you being able to create those types of processes or, uh, or SOPs is that you now no longer are reinventing the wheel or reinventing the way you're training, because that is also what is a time sucker, right? Is that when you're not just only repeating the way how you're training, um, you know, you're also going to be looking for the ideal team member who's going to be able to understand those instructions the same way too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do it the same way every time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I, it was great. It's awesome because it's like, I don't have to repeat myself over and over again. Even when I onboard my people now, even though it's on Asana, I'm not using an app like Trainual or something like that. I'd still have my mission and vision. I have all that stuff and I have them. I subtask. You have to review these you know, things, it just makes it easier for them to understand what their expectations are and they're able to just hop right in. Yes, that's right. It's not a delay. No. So, you know, I, and I, I really, 
advice even for those new entrepreneurs that are listening to start now rather than later? Because I've worked with clients where it's been no systems for several years. Mm -hmm. And that's harder. Yes. To put together. Absolutely. <laughs> oh because my gosh. You've been, running for it. you've been running your business for so long, you're not quite sure where the true path is also going to be. And so yeah. sometimes at that level, you might feel like you are really starting fresh from scratch in building yeah. and refining your systems. Yeah, absolutely. And e even you're looking for emails that you know you've had and you can't find them. <laughs> I've seen that, you know, man, man, oh, man. All right. So for those entrepreneurs that they have systems in place, okay, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put these air quotes in here. How do they even begin to start streamlining? Because one of the things that I'm learning now is like, okay, at the beginning, you're trying to get clients, you're trying to get the systems in place. And then when you hit that six figure mark, you have some systems, you have some staff, but as you start moving towards 300K, 400K, 500K, now you're trying to get your team on board, get everything kind of streamlined. You know, the concerns of a beginning entrepreneur is not really what's on someone's mind. Yeah. So what would you say are some steps to kind of figure out like where your place should be when it comes to streamlining your business? Right. And that's as the CEO of your, your business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So as you continue to grow past hundred K and going up to the 500 K, your focus should be on hiring the right team members. Who's going to be able to carry out those processes or manage those processes to completion and within budget, within time and within quality as well, right? So your focus is actually to be able to um, now support the team to keep performing and, you know, executing well, and then you're going to be focused more on the visionary aspect of the business. Where are you going to go? How are you going to get there? And what do you need in order to get there? Right. And usually once your eyes is on the visionary map, that's where you're going to be able to then step back into the business with your strong team and say, OK, this is where we need to go. Do we have the right systems and processes in place to be able to get us there? And if the answer is no, then that's where you'll need to collectively gather the feedback of what's working, what's not working from the team. And be able to maybe at that point in time, bring in operation experts to be able to help build a lot of those new systems that's going to help carry the goals and the visions for the next three to five years as you grow. Mm. Okay. And, you know, I appreciate that because one of the things that I often say is I like to think of my business like five years from now. Like, am I mm -hmm. building the foundation for, for me to support my five-year goals? Yes. My five, you know, five year yes, yes. plan that I have. Absolutely. And it's so important. Um, mm -hmm. So if I can share a story, actually, and, um, you know, I, I there's going to be some relevancy for sure. But back in my corporate life, um, when I first started that, uh, that role, I started off as a very entry level person. Um, I was a burnt out individual. And I was like, I just want to go to work five, eight to five. That's it every single day. Um, and not have to put in any more ounce of, you know, mind and energy into that element. But we were talking about a, an organization that was still dealing with paper uh, folders and mm. using an <laughs> Outlook task board to manage their inventory 
right. their fleet inventory. And so what I did was I, you know, recognized the gaps really quickly and I found where the disconnects were across the different areas of business. So we're talking about sales, we're talking about, um, you know, inventory management, uh, service management, and um, customer management, project management, right? And so I developed a uh, software application that tied in all of those functions together. And I had predicted, and I told my boss this, is that this system is only good for the next three years for sure. Five years is pushing it. And so by the time we are at five years, we should have outgrown that system and we should have a new system in place for that point at that point in time, once we've grown the business beyond that. And so, you know, in, uh, in three years time, we did exceed the growth that we had projected. We went from 8 million to uh, just under 40 million at that point in time using this software database. Um, and by that time, I was like, look, we need to look for new software now to be able to start preparing for that next two years as we ramp up. And so the problem was that because in the unique industry that we were in, it was really hard to be able to source a replaceable uh, system that's going to really be able to you know, create that same level of of growth for the organization. But, you know, it did take them three years to be able to find the replacement and to be able to implement the replacement. But that one system itself um, allowed them to keep growing and they utilized that software for six years before it was decommissioned. So the, the reason why I'm sharing this is that whenever you are looking at any software, any systems, or even evaluating your workflows, you have to ask yourself, if I were to scale this three times, scale my business three times, if I were to be able to get three times my customer base right now, can my systems and workflow handle it? Mm. Right? And so that's how you are able to lay down the right foundation to keep stacking upon it. Think of it like a house, right? Um, and a house with a basement. You always want to make sure your basement is filled with the right amount of concrete. The walls are strongly formatted, like placed in, you have the rebars in place and that, um, you know, you're using good quality wood, that's not going to rot um, under weight. That's not going to rot under, you know, just a small leak of water, for example, right? It's going to be able to weather a lot of those dynamics and climate that's, that it's going to go through after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. You're making me uh, even rethink some of the choices I've made recently with some software. You know, honestly, mm -hmm. as I'm thinking about three-timing it, whoa, you know? Yeah. So what are your, what are your take? Because right now I'm at the stage right now that I'm building my business and we have some listeners right now and we're, we're trying to reach multiple six figures. Mm -hmm. And when you hit that mark of going there, you need people on your team that are going to be executing and strategizing mm -hmm. yes. so you can stay in that innovative role. Mm -hmm. So a position that we often hear is about a DL. Yes, director of operations. Yes, versus an online business manager. Yes. So can we talk a little bit about what those what those positions are mm -hmm. and how they will help someone in the midst of scaling their business, trying to have the right systems, trying to keep up with the strategy, trying to keep their, you know, life together. 
<laughs> personally and professionally. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked that because I'm not quite sure if you are aware, but I am a certified director of operations. Um, and one of my, um, my, you know, biggest inspiration and my mentor is actually Natalie Gingrich of the Ops Authority who does, um, who offers the certified, uh, the director of operations certification program. And so, you know, when I first started my journey back in 2018 to become certified, um, you know, one of my biggest questions definitely was what's the difference between a director of operations to an online business manager to even a tech VA, right? Because there are some overlaps um, and, you know, it comes down to, yes, you know, we understand um, operations and we understand business systems, for example, right? But I can attest to the biggest difference between a director of operations and an online business manager is in the role of being a strategic leader versus an implementer. So at that point in time, your director of operations is more like your strategic right or left hand, um, who's able to really articulate, you know, your vision into a strategy and be able to really um, get the team team's buy-in and be able to perform and execute accordingly. The biggest difference is that they usually, the director of operations isn't an implementer, they're an integrator. They are usually the leader um, and overseeing the whole branch to complete um, the mission. Um, they also, uh, you know, help carry the, the strategy as well, working alongside with the CEO to be able to, um, you know, uh, to come up with that next level strategy. How can we keep growing? How can we keep being sustainable? What tools, what tech, what team members do we need next in order to really fulfill in that aspect? Whereas the online business manager, um, you know, I was at, in the last few months to a year, um, you know, I've also, exp I've also brought on my own ops manager. And the biggest thing that I found was that they definitely needed more direction. They needed more direction on not just only my vision, but also my strategy. Let me just backtrack a little bit more and finish off my train of thought uh, in regards to an online business manager is that an OBM typically will still be an implementer in your business. So if you have a project, they're still going to be running the project. They're still going to actually be likely on the ground um, to be able to complete those tasks alongside your support team. Right. Usually they aren't as on the high level strategy um, as much either. And some might be some, but many aren't um, on that level. They are they're still way too much in the business to be on the business as well. And so that's the biggest difference between a DOO and an OBM. Yeah. So right now I I'm actually considering which one should I hire first? You know, because yes. I know that for me, having all of those roles and being the CEO and still doing like some of the tasks, even though my team takes a lot of it off of my plate, I know that to reach multiple six figures, you have to, you have to be truly innovating. Yes. You need to be focused. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so I was curious to kind of hear that and I'm leaning towards a DO, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in comparison to an online business manager, because I feel like my team is very, they're, they're, um, they take initiative. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so it's interesting to hear that. And so for those that are, you know, listening, I hope that you're taking some notes, y'all, because these are critical pieces to helping a business be able to scale to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and the, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying the more you free up your time as CEO, the better you are. Yes, absolutely. And I think it comes back down to really owning what your vision looks like as well. And if you are truly ready to let go, that is the biggest thing when you are deciding whether or not you want to bring on a director of operations into your business is that you need to be able to have the ability to let go. And what that means is that they're going to be that other voice um, alongside you and saying, Jasmine, I got this. You need to focus on that next level vision. Don't worry about the back end. You focus on the front end and we'll be able to like tag team this up. A lot of owners, even as they continue to scale, even especially if they've been in the business for so long, they t- they tend to have the hardest time to let go because it's not done in their way. And mm-hmm. so it's also an aspect of control. But to yeah. truly empower your DOO, you need to be able to delegate and let go and have full trust that they are um, you know, acting in your best interest. Um, especially in the decisions that are being made or the autonomy that they have as well. Yes. Oh, I got to have you back on the show. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm not done with you yet. Okay. Um, That was, that's, that is, that's true. That is so true. We got to let go. We got to trust, but also let go of our ego. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a big one. Yes. And I've had to, I've seen that even this year of how my ego has gotten in the way of me just making more of an ask of myself and asking, you know, what, whether it's delegating to my team or whether it's asking for the sale once again, you know, the ego is something else. It is absolutely. And it's our sense. It's, it's what protects us. Right. It what it's what protects us from the unknown, um, because you know it's that mindset as well that we fear because we are bringing someone at that high level in that they aren't as equally invested in our success as we are as the CEOs. And I've seen that mindset, and and you know if you are still in that mindset, then you might not be ready for a DOO at that point in time. Because then it will cause a lot of friction more than anything. It's going to slow down your business growth more than anything. And here's the biggest indicator. If you are still directing, then you don't need that director. You just need an OBM who's going to be able to accept and take those directions from you. Mm. Until you're ready to step out of directing. Mm. Then you're ready. Mm. <laughs> Yes. Shifting from directing or being a director to a leader is the shift that you need to make in order to reach that multi six figure level. All right, Teresa. <laughs> you don't snatch my ears, okay? Sorry. All right. This is my last question for you. Mm-hmm. Mm, you don't snatch my edges. We're not done. We're not done. <laughs> We're going to definitely come back to this topic because it's, it's so much more we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. G- going back to your very first year in, in business ownership, mm-hmm. what, 
what is one piece of advice you would tell yourself? So if I were to look back, um, I would tell myself to actually um, be open to take more risks because I am a systems oriented person. So I take a lot of, I, and I'm on, I'm not quite sure if you're familiar with the Kobe A test, but on the Kobe A test, I am a fact finder. I'm a high uh, eight to five fact finder. And so it takes a little bit of time for me to really be able to, um, you know, step out of my comfort zone and really, um, you know, keep being persistent at the things that I wasn't good at or that I needed to make decisions on. So by nature, I am a quote unquote introvert, even though my Myers-Briggs is an ESFJ. I have a hard time stepping into marketing um, and being able to really owning my truth in that sense, um, right? And so if I were to look back and talk to my young, young entrepreneur self, I would keep encouraging myself to step out and put myself out there and be, not be afraid to do it wrong. Because if you can do it wrong, many of those steps are just going to move you forward so that you can find your right find what's working well and being able to build a community of that imperfectness around you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have, we have, we have similar, very similar personalities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I love that. It's true. I mean, whether you're in the beginning stages or been in business for a couple of years, we can all hear that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Please tell the listeners, um, about your offers and how to contact you and all the good things. And of course, listeners, we will put all of this in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. So as Jasmine has uh, indicated earlier, I have um, developed a way to allow business owners, um, whether they are fresh business owners or seasoned business owners, to really be able to bring in systems efficiently into their own business without having to do it from scratch. And that's from my SOP Success Lab um, community and mem- membership. Um, it is a place where we have created curated over 100 plus um, SOP templates from the very you know basic admin of how to set up a uh, a Zoom meeting to more of the complex ones like, um, you know, a blog workflow or lead generation, for example. And so um, this has been a very successful membership and, um, and service to be a part of because as you continue to grow, depending on what your resource level is, if you need an SOP, um, you can actually request it as well. And so you can find out more information about this through the uh, www.sopsuccesslab.com. And you can also visit my website at www.looplinc.com. So it's a little bit of a playful word, but it is looplink.com. Excellent. And you can find her on social as well using the same looplink or Anne Teresa Beretta. Uh, the coach sultant. <laughs> I have to say that slowly. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, after a few more times, it'll roll right off the, your tongue. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. 
If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.